Hello and welcome to the Busby Lane Podcast. It's your boy Ugo and I am here once again with Dotun at on the eve of the new season. Dotun, what's going on? Nothing much. I'm good. I'm just raring to go. Can't wait for the Arsenal Crystal Palace game. Should be a good one. Yeah, do you, do you think you're going to sleep tonight? Is it that kind of excitement? That, <laughs> that kind of the, the morning before Christmas excitement when you were younger? You know, I, I would, I'll definitely sleep tonight. But when I wake up in the morning, I'll be like, to, the morning will feel very different. Like, yeah. I know when I wake up, it won't, it won't feel like every other morning. Like it would, it's like there's something special in the air, you know? So for sure, like I'm going to be excited tomorrow when I get up. Yeah, and for us, it's like 3 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. So it's like you're just looking forward to that 3 p.m., maybe 2 p.m. even, because you want to see that first lineup and that first, you know, oh, so sure. big selection and stuff like that. Yeah, and like I'm probably going to be done with work <laughs> by 3 p.m. <laughs> and it's just going to be the game. And thankfully, it's a Friday, so it should be a chill day at work. So I'll probably start the day early and then try and wrap up early. And then, yeah, just be prepared, you know, no distractions, nothing, just focus <laughs> on this game. Yeah. Hopefully, it's a good result. Hopefully, it's a good result. And and also in Canada, we have a new, um, we have a new broadcast uh, uh, yep. service for the, the Premier League. And, and I've been testing it out. And the, the funny thing, though, so I don't know if you've noticed this, it's 720p in most of the systems I've checked it, I've checked out. I, is that the same thing for you? Are you seeing that it's 720p as well? <laughs> funny enough, I haven't actually checked it out, but it's not that much different from the zone. Um, like the, just by eye, I mean, not nothing technical here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like just by, just by eye, just by looking at it, like it looks, the, the, res, the quality looks the same as the zone. I don't know. I, 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 when I checked it out on my, uh, on my system and it kept telling me it's 720p and I was a bit disappointed because I was thinking we'll get at least full HD. But Fubo, if you are listening to us, please give us full HD or 4K, <laughs> please. We need to watch Premier League in crystal quality. But yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be an interesting one. I think Fubo is also good. Like they, they do have some of the capabilities that, uh, Dazon has, but they, they, the only thing that I'm seeing about football is that they don't have like on demand. Like, you know, when you have that on demand where after a game, there are highlights, you can go and watch that on the zone. They have, uh, instead they have, um, recording like a cloud DVR. So you have to actually record stuff. Yeah. Again. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be interesting because we, we need to remember to record stuff if we're, <laughs> if you want to watch that game. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be uh, an interesting one. But let's let's dive into um, you know the, the agenda for today. We're going to be talking about transfers and the readiness of the teams in the top six. Uh, we're going to do some predictions for the season and then we'll preview match week one, starting with Arsenal and Crystal Palace, which is starting tomorrow. And yeah, it's an exciting season. So when we talked about transfers the last time, we were still at the beginning of things. Nobody really knew. I think most times when I ask you, like, what's going on? I was like, I, I don't know. They, they just have to, I just want to see someone holding up the shed. And since then, you guys have signed Vieira, um, Jesus, um, and Zinchenko, which is like, an awesome um you know transfer window for you guys i think you guys are the top spenders as well at this time so what do you think about the transfer so far um i would give it um an eight over ten like it's 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 been very good i'm not um complaining too much um i still think 
there's a bit of work left, maybe like one or two more sign-ins, and then it will be a 10 over 10. Um, I get the feeling the club wants to ship out some players. They mm-hmm. want to focus on exits before they bring in more um, fresh faces. But so far, like the people we brought in, I've been quite pleased. Um, we've brought in people that I believe would raise the quality, uh, will give us, will make us less predictable, make the team more versatile, and would give us more depth and quality. You know, um, so yeah, I'm actually looking forward to it. The preseason was very tasty. So <laughs> if we want to go off off on the preseason, then, you know, this season should be an interesting and fun ride. Yeah, the preseason was just so amazing for you guys. Um, you know, I think the, the most eye-catching result was against Chelsea. And I, was, yep. I watched the the the... The replay and the highlights and i was like oh my god you know this is this is trouble for <laughs> the top four position like arsenal is really really serious about this and and then you go off and was it six nil against sevilla yes Man. six nil and i mean i know i know football i know football is not mathematics but it's the same yeah. sevilla that spurs could not beat Oh man! Just, okay, just putting it out there. Just, 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 <laughs> just a little bit of banter for sports. We'll come to sports in a second and talk about their own transfer window. But based on what you have seen and based on what you have kind of um, like seen in preseason, have you seen any specific changes from the the tactics, or is it just that you've added a lot of quality with the likes of Jesus, and that's just like elevating the way you guys are playing, or are there? you know, subtle things that you're seeing also in terms of the tactical sort of, you know, plan from Ateta this this season? I think it's both. Um, the quality has definitely stepped up a lot. Um, and in the, tactically as well, um, the new signings give us more options. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that, you know, the kind of players Zinchenko is and the kind of options he gives us when we're with the ball and without the ball. Um, so, yeah, I think we've improved in both aspects um, in the preseason. And to show you like how good we were, I believe right now, um, Gabriel Jesus is the most selected player in FPL. He is in my FPL, I won't lie. <laughs> he's, I think he's in almost everybody's FPL. Do you know how many managers have him? I think it was like... Over 40%. Over 70% of, of, of managers. Oh, wow. That's crazy. That's insane. Yeah, he's the highest owned Selected, asset. yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. By a long mile. I think the next is like in the 50s. Yeah. And he's at... Last I checked, it was at 72% ownership. Wow. No, that, that's insane. I, and, and, and that's testament to what he did in preseason. I think he just... Yep. Hit, Hit, hit the ground running. I think. I think it was your first game was against. Was it Nuremberg? It was a German yes. team. Yeah, Nuremberg. Yes. And I think it, it started off. I think with you guys conceded two goals or something of that nature, or was it one goal? And then he comes on and just you know the game changed. And the game changed. And and I was like, because at first I was like, oh, here we go again with Arsenal. I'm sure many Arsenal fans have the same reaction. They're like, yeah, same old, same old. Can't even win a preseason game. Yeah. Ugh. Nothing new here, and then yeah. so 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 ba- based on everything you're seeing, then I mean, and I know that these predictions are so. Um, I mean, you can't really 
um, put your hands on. You can't really predict because a lot of things can happen in the season. There are injuries. There are a lot of games. Right. Other teams are also, you know, in 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 great positions as well and things like that. So you can never really say, in the, especially in the Premier League. But do you feel like a top four is probably a minimum for Arsenal this season? Um, yes. Um, I feel top four like. Especially if we get one or two more players in, um, top four should be the minimum for Arsenal this season. Yeah. You know, one guy I, I don't know too much about is Vieira. So has he performed very well in preseason? Like, what is he like? Like, what have you seen so far from him? Unfortunately, it's the same here. I, I don't know much about him. Um, he didn't really feature in preseason because I think he's he's injured. Oh. Um, he, he might be back because we have four players that didn't feature in preseason. Um, um, Smith Rowe, Vieira, Tomiyasu, and um, Tierney. And out of those four, Ateta said at his press conference today that three are back in training. Mm. Obviously, he didn't say who. Mm. We'll find out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> he was being very cryptic. Yeah. But three are back in training and they could feature in the game tomorrow, probably on the bench. I doubt any of those three would start. Um, so hopefully he's one of those three because yes, we haven't really seen much about him. We know he's good. He's technically gifted. Um, he did really great things, um, at his previous club. Yeah. Um, so I guess the, the expectations are high for him. Um, you, I can't wait to actually see him play. Do you think he's someone who's going to start right away or do you think he's someone who's, uh, sort of going to be like a squad rotational player for the team like and, and what position is he really good at is he like a dm or a cm or um i think he could i think he would start he will start a few games but um i mean this arsenal team right now if everybody is fit it might be a bit difficult mm-hmm. to select the starting 11 i guess it'll be based off of ateta's tactics for that game um but yes i'm, I'm pretty sure he would start but for the most part I think he would be a, a squad player, like he would rotate. Yeah. Um, and in terms of his positions, I believe he he's he can play as an eight and a ten. Okay. Okay. So and and that that's an area you guys have a, a ton of players. Like you know you have um, Odengard who can play boots. I think as Correct. a ten and yeah, so you have a lot of those sort of players who are technically gifted and, and i think you would argue that someone like pate is somewhat of a hybrid of an eight and a, and a six yes he's more predominantly you know considered a six but then he still can sort of stretch into that eight eight zone as well yes he can yeah so so which means you guys have a really healthy team and zinchenko of course coming from man city you know we know he the qualities of these man city players and i, I was like okay Ateta is just going <laughs> <laughs> Megan Pep, please give me these players. Yeah, so I, I think I, I agree with you that Arsenal um is in good in a good place. Uh and, and I think top four is definitely feasible for Arsenal and, and I think the top four race is going to be really hot this season as it is most it seasons, be. even though last season as we continue to say it was like a, a drunk race. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think now everybody should have sobered up now. Everybody's like, the, the, the alcohol has passed. And we're like, okay, we're all shining our eyes. We're ready yeah. to fight. Everyone is sober right now. Okay, let's let's yeah. hope that that's the case because, I mean, we need that competitive edge back in the top six race, generally speaking. So let's move to your rivals, right? Tottenham. 
Um, they have also strengthened. I think they've brought in six players. They've brought in uh, Foster, Perisic, Jed Spence, uh, Richarlison, um, Bissouma. Bissouma, which is awesome. I can't remember the the sixth person that they've brought in, but but yeah, that's a really great summer they've had also. Yeah, yeah. Um, to be honest, I th- I think the the main guys. The main guys that they've brought in, uh, I would say, Richarlison and and Bissouma. Yeah, but yeah. I, I think you would argue that Perisic, you know, with his history with Conte, is not going to be a bad signing as well, especially if he's deployed as a wing back. Yeah, hopefully he still has something to offer. But honestly, I don't really see him lighting things up at Spurs on the Premier League. To be honest. Um, mm. It's not you don't get that many players, you know, coming. I mean, we had Ronaldo, but it's it's Ronaldo, but like his age and you know, I feel like his best is behind him, right? And he would probably be uh I don't see him like being like a regular starter. He'll probably be someone that comes off the bench, you know, adds a bit of depth, you know, or like fresh legs in like the final ten minutes, fifteen minutes of the game. That's just what I think. Go, yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like the out of all their six signings, maybe like I would say Richarlison, Bissouma, and maybe Lenglet from Barcelona. Oh, Lenglet, that was that was the person. Yeah, yeah. Um, those three would likely raise. I don't know um, much about Jet Spence, um, mm. but yeah, I, I mean, feel like those three would would likely raise the bar for Spurs. Yeah, Jet, Jet Spence did very well with Forrest last season. I, I had a bit of interest in Forrest because of uh, uh, James Garner from United. Um, so I, I did watch a few of their games so, and also did the YouTube scouting thing. <laughs> we're everybody, looks, everybody looks good on YouTube. And wait, didn't Jet Spence come from Middlesbrough? Yeah, he, but he was on loan at Nottingham oh, Forest last season. Yeah, so And because he helped them come up, you know, it was definitely something special. I mean, he's he seems like a powerful um, fullback, you know, powerful runner, um, you know, can do a few cutbacks. Of course, in the in the championship is completely different, right? So you would, you mm-hmm. would I don't know if you, you might want to, cons- you know, consider him the archetype Kyle Walker type guy, like in terms of he's that strong, powerful right back. Um, but I don't well, know. I don't know how his technical ability will translate into the Premier League. Is 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 you know remains to be seen. Okay. Well. Well. We'll see. We'll see. Um, <laughs> we'll see how it plays out for him. But um, the reason why I mentioned those three, and especially like the two, the first two being Busuma and Richardson, is because they have been in the Premier League. Yeah. You know, they have that EPL experience. We know what they're capable of, what they bring to the table. Uh, Richarlison in an Everton team still, you know, has a good goal record, you know. Um, and that's in Everton that haven't been that great. I mean, last season we saw their struggles. Yeah. Um, so in a Spurs team, you know, he he might elevate his game, you know, and we would know the kind of player Bisuma is as well, and like what he did at Brighton. So um, I feel like those those two particularly because of that, you know, EPL knowledge that they have and the fact that, you know, we know their quality. It's easy for us to, act, to assess and say, yes, these guys would definitely bring something to that Tottenham team. 
Yeah, yeah. No, Tottenham looks um, looks really, um, you know, ready for the season. I think m- most people consider them to be, you know, top four favorites. Almost like, almost like they're going to be pushing Todd. That's what I've been hearing, at least from most people. Mm, um, and <laughs> maybe actually, um, if um, I only see them like, <laughs> and this is just me just being spiteful, yeah. but I only see them like pushing to that top four. Um, area if man you have a bad season, because okay. um I would like legit like Manu or maybe even Chelsea, because I would expect um man I would expect like Arsenal and maybe to an extent like Manu to probably have a bigger chance of getting to that top four over Spurs. Oh, wow, that that no, that's that's a big claim. And we'll get to Manchester, we'll get to Manchester United in a bit. But I think I think here is why I think you know it's fair for us to to kind of um, you know kind of put them in that position right now. Well, they finished in the top four last season, right? They have an, yeah, an because we were we were terrible in the last couple of games. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt, and we're all drunk. <laughs> no doubt, but I, I think they, they they have strengthened very very well. They've strengthened their midfield. They've strengthened their attack, bringing in Richarlison in addition to Kulisevsky and and um and, and also having Kane and Son as we all know, yep. and Lucas Moura and all the rest. It, they do have a very strong team, and then they have a very good manager as well in Conte. So. I think it's it's fair to, to say that it will take something catastrophic for them to really be knocked out of the top four. That is that is my feeling about it because it seems like they have all the right things going for them. But there's always that spurs factor, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Which which is <laughs> which is just hanging out there. Okay, so I mean spurs is doing good. But then Chelsea, I mean, and you and I have have you know kind of messaged about this a little bit. Chelsea, it's a bit difficult to read them, and and they've lost a lot of games during preseason. Yes, they've brought in Kulibali and and Sterling, and now Kukurera, uh, Kukurera. What I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name, but Kukurera, <laughs> whatever. Uh, and then they're they're also looking to bamboozle and hijack deals up and down, looking to get the young. Today they were they were linked with the Bamayang. Chelsea don't have a strategy. It it feels like there's a lot of chaos, but then they're still getting players. Like it's like okay, there's chaos, but they are getting players. And at the end of the day, what they did last season, and they got Lukaku. And how did that go? They will get players, and then the players will come there, and they'll sit on the bench, or they'll just do nonsense. You know, there's no chemistry. They're not they're not playing well together. And then, I mean, yes, they started last season well, and they're lucky that because they had a good start. They were able to finish in the top four because if because their second the second half of the season for Chelsea was very bad and yeah. if that was how their whole season was they would have finished fifth. Yeah, I mean, there's there's been a lot of changes uh, you know happening in Chelsea, so we have to be fair to them that you know they've had a lot of changes, especially in their hierarchy. Um, their their top sort of front office executives have left or at least are not playing active roles. And then this Todd Bully guy um, is taking over like the de facto the <laughs> director of football <laughs> role, going to Barcelona, going up and down and doing all these things. And, and I feel like t- to an extent, uh, yes, it seems like a scattergun approach. But at the same time, I think um, the way they're approaching things now is that the manager really has a say in the players they're bringing in. So 
if the manager is trying to bring these people in and these are the players the manager wants to bring in, then, you know, it's scary because Tommy Tuchel is not, you know, is, is a great manager in his own right, right? So I think I think Chelsea might seem like they don't know what they're doing right now. But if things start to click, I heard um, Aspilicueta also is staying for two more years, who's their leader there. So, you know, things can actually go right for them. I mean, right now it's hard to say where they're going to end up because everything seems to be at sixes and sevens. But if they get things sort of together, it is very, very likely that they, they will be in that top four. No, no doubt. Um, definitely. Uh, we can't, honestly, I'm just saying what I'm saying because it's Spurs, but we can't really rule anyone out. Um, yeah. We definitely have a chance. Um, and to be honest, like it's hard to predict the full top four. I mean, we know, you know, Liverpool and Man City will be somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. So it's a case of picking um, two teams from the remaining four. four. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's going to come down to who do we think is going to be the most consistent? Who do you think is going to like turn up? You know, who can like squeeze out, you know, that 1-0 win when they're not having a great game? You know, who can like, you know, change those losing positions to try and at this get a draw or get something out of a match? You know, so it's going to come down to those moments. Yeah, and, and that's a really good segue to talking about the title itself. And, you know, we've talked a little bit about the top four and, you know, we're talking about, like, let's talk about the title contenders. We know that City and Liverpool are most likely going to be there or thereabout. And, you know, from a City perspective, they have really strengthened. When you think about it, they've replaced mm-hmm. both Sterling and uh, Jesus with Haaland and Alvarez. Um, they have brought in Calvin Phillips, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, okay, so for, they, they, for the departing, um, Fernandinho, yeah, exactly. And and they could potentially bring in, um, a left back. I think that they're, they're currently negotiating with someone from Anderlecht, I forget his name, but they're trying to bring a left back. They were not going to pay Brighton more than 40 million pounds for yep. Carella, so they, they're going for someone else. Um, and then they've been bringing a lot of money in as well. So City is just sort of flying, and then. You know, then Haaland is 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 there. I mean, in the Community Shield, yes, he missed this sitter and all of that stuff. Yes, but yes, we know Haaland. Chances, yes, we know Haaland is a bona fide goal scoring machine. Now, my only concern about City at the moment is how do they adapt to playing with a true nine? Um, because currently, um, so for the past few years, they've been playing with like false nines and and they've been playing basically with no out and out striker so how do they adapt i mean pep is probably (laughs) the best manager in the world so you can always expect that he's going to find a way but are you concerned about that adaptation period for haaland and the team or do you think it's just going to be like they already it's already in the bag we can we can almost sort of say yeah it's city is doing a three-peat it's, it's over <laughs> let's, let's just see what what else happens in other aspects of the league what is your genuine feeling about about city this season it's funny that you mentioned that because i don't know if you watched um pep guardiola's um post-match conference uh, after the community showed but uh, a reporter actually asked them the same question <laughs> about, you know, Haaland and City not traditionally playing with the uh, uh-huh. number nine and, like, you know, how that's going to affect my tactics and the team. And I believe, if I remember correctly, Pep's response was they have played with the number nine and they've done, they did that last season with Gabriel Jesus. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who was playing on the right? 
<laughs> but hey, that's what Pep said. You know, we did play with him as a number yeah. nine. So um, the team is is something new to the team, and you know, so yeah, like having a, a number nine is not something that's foreign to City, and they'll be fine. And he's not really worried about like Haaland, you know, that yes, he's not like fully fit, like match fit and all that. But mm-hmm. you know, we all know his quality and like you know. You know it's what? a long season and the goals will come. So he's absolutely not concerned or worried about at all. So, so this is the one thing about Pep. I don't listen to what Pep says. Like personally, <laughs> like I just, like I actually... I'm just telling you what he said. No, no, no. I, I get it. I get it. I get I get And you can, I, and I know Pep, Pep obviously makes sense most times, of course. But most times Pep almost, it almost feels like he's not in the mood to talk. Like, so he just <laughs> says things that people, like saying that they have, they've been playing with the striker is obviously just strange. Like, of course, they have strikers. I mean, you can consider the three players who are playing up front as strikers one way or the other. But what we mean is, like, a traditional number nine, which is what I think Haaland is. And that is yep. what, you know, Nunes is. You know, those number nines who are, you know, Kane might fall into that category as well. Yes. Um, you know, the traditional nine, which which is it's making a comeback as well. It seems like it's now... Um, in vogue to have an actual tall <laughs> number nine striker because both City and, and Liverpool have gone down that route. I, I, I honestly, I think that City, um, I, I expect that they're going to be there or thereabout. I think it's going to take some time for these players to bed in. It usually does. Um, you know, Grealish needs to adapt to what they're doing there because now they don't have the depth with Sterling who's a really special player for them or who has been a special player for them over the past few years. Um, but I expect Haaland is going to score goals. I think they're going to create a lot of chances for him. So he's probably yeah. going to score. And he, he gives them a different dimension as well. So they, now yeah. they can cross balls. In You know, they can put balls in the air. I mean, it's going to be it's going to take them a lot of adjusting to learn how to sure. do things like that because that's because not what that's, that's not how they game. <laughs> exactly. It's not the game. They yeah. don't like look for some guy in the box and just doing balls, you know? Yes. They, they always like... Yeah, go on. No, I was just going to say that they're always looking for the cutback, right? That's that's really their thing. Like cutback on the ground, people should, should think they're not, they're not there to cross the balls in. But, but what were you going to say? Yeah, that was, that's pretty much what I was going to say. You know, they're cutting back but they're playing around the box, you know, trying to like, you know, maneuver the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, with like their quick passes and you know one twos to try and get the someone like runners or someone into the box to like you know finish off, um, you know to to finish off the uh, the goal. Um, so having like that one person like that focal point is not something that they're used to because the front three they've always played with has been very fluid, where yeah. it could be anybody at any time. But like now it's just going to be that one you know, dominant person. And I guess in a way, you know, it could help, it could play as an advantage for other teams, you know, because you know, okay, if I can just take Haaland out of the game, for example, you know, then that might disrupt, you know, City's tactics or how they play. I mean, yes, the, the two wide players can still put in goals. You know, they have quality all over the pitch. KDB can just run into the box mm-hmm. by himself and score. <laughs> I, I, I think... I think... But, but yeah, but like having that, if you, if having that one person, because Arsenal suffered from the same thing last season. Everybody knew if you take out the wide players, it's game over because Lacazette's not going to do anything. Take out Saka, <laughs> take out Saka and Martinelli, and the, who's going to score your goals? You know, yeah. so you're pretty much dead. 
So, so that's the thing. So when you know, okay, it's this person, this is the guy, and you can take him out of the game, then it's, you know, it's more or less done and dusted. And we kind of saw little glimpses of that in the community shield with Haaland playing. Um, like he was not really, for the most part, he was not really in the game. And mm. it felt like City were not really creating much. Yes, he had like two big chances where, you know, one of them hit the bar. Like it was almost like an open net and he hit the bar. But like, other than that, like, he was not, it was not memorable. Like, I personally felt like he had a bad game. Um, so that kind of thing. Like, if you're able to like just take him out of the game, it feels like City don't really do much. They feel less dangerous. Don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I think on the flip side, I no, I agree with you, but I think on the flip side as well, I think what he could also become is a decoy uh for other That's... <laughs> players on the team to to kill you. <laughs> and these are players who are traditionally really good at at scoring. But yeah, so 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 is your ver- verdict then that City is still going to be champions or you think that there is there are questions about their their championship credentials this year? I think they can still be champions. Um, if if the team, as we'd already discussed, like if the team can find a way to like really squeeze out like Haaland's, you know, superpower and like take advantage of it to the max, um, yeah, I think they'll be a very terrible and side to play against, you know, and they will terrorize teams. Um, so yeah, as long as because they have the quality, they have the players, and if they can get everybody like firing at one hundred and ten percent, um. No doubt, they could definitely get the title again. But it's just that question of how will the team um, play and how would they adapt with the traditional number nine? Yeah, so that's it's just the question mark. Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting one for sure, and 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 that brings us to Liverpool because obviously they are the closest to City in terms of challenging. I think it was one point last season be, between them, and and so far they've been the 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 only team that has really pushed this City side. Um, now they've lost money, right? They brought in uh, Darwin Nunes, they brought in uh, Cavallo, and um, I think uh, some kid they brought that plays either right back or left back, I forget now. But um, I mean, with Liverpool, we always know that they don't necessarily go for a ton of players in the transfer um, market. They just go for specific players that they need. You know, very unlikely that they're signing five players or something like that. They usually just exactly. sign one or two uh, to argument and just improve, slightly improve the squad and give them a few. Exactly. Options. Yeah. So, do you, what do you think about Nunez? Do you think he's? Do you think he's is going to score? I mean, you and I discussed Nunez last year. We we you know we talked about how good of a player he was. Um, you know, I, I I was expecting Manchester United was going to sign him. But then, uh, you know, Liverpool swooped in. I understand, like, you know, if Liverpool is coming for you at this time uh, in our current history, I don't expect that players are going to be, you know, sort of choosing us over Liverpool. That is probably unrealistic to expect because Liverpool, you know, gives you a better chance of, you know, obviously winning the league as well as the Champions League. So that, that I, I, you know, I could understand. And, you know, for United fans who are even getting agitated, I was like, guys, you have to relax. You have to understand where you are right now in the pecking yeah. order. But do you think he, he, he can replace Mane's, Mane's impact on the team? I mean, <clears throat> it's, it's hard to say. Uh, Mane is a different beast. Um, he can try, <clears throat> maybe come close, but I can, like, explicitly and outright say, yes, he will. Um, but knowing the way Liverpool are, 
like re- recently and how they target players and sign players um like you said they're very very um targeted and they're very you know specific about who they go for and if um Nunes can have the same impact as Luis Diaz then yes he he will be able to you know replace the goals that he will get from Mane and and in a way even Diaz could um, I know they signed him while Mane was still there, but he's still technically a new signing because uh-huh. he just signed what a few months ago. Yeah, and he hit the ground running. Like if you watch Liverpool, if you only started watching the Premier League like after the <laughs> the winter um, transfer period in, in January, um, you would think he's been there. Like Diaz has been there from the start of the season, you know. So like he really entered that team and was like, I think at at for a while he was even benching um, Jota. Yeah, you know who has been there for a while, and who also hit the ground running, and actually was good for Liverpool. So, um, I think they have the players. My, I guess my point is they have the players um, to replace Mane. So I don't think they'll miss him too too much. Um, so I'm not too worried about Liverpool. Um, and I think if Nunes, like I said, if Nunes can hit the ground running and have the same impact he has had, um, then yes, I think they'll have a very good season. Yeah, no, I expect they're gonna have a good season. I, I don't, I don't expect that Nunez is gonna suffer. I mean, I saw like certain um, sections of Twitter kind of um, dub Nunez as the next Lukaku that he has a poor first touch, that he's, you know, he's not that great like in the link up play and things like that. But the dude scores goals, man, and that's 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 the important part. And I think maybe he's gonna learn the rest of the things. But I think there's still gonna be an adaptation for these players, both Haaland and Nunez. So I think that slightly makes them a little bit vulnerable, right? But um, we know that they're, they're just top teams and they, they'll be able to overcome um, overcome that. So it yeah, seems just, like... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Just, just, just jump in. I, I also feel like <clears throat> Nunez actually had a better game in the Community Shield. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. He scored and, you know, he it, it seemed like he... He, he played well. I didn't, I didn't watch the full game. I, I saw some of the highlights and I saw some of the sort of Haaland miss and, and all of that stuff. Um, I don't know. I The community shield when it's not United playing doesn't seem interesting <laughs> to me. <laughs> not just the community it's shield, the most, game. It's the, most important, game. it's the most important game when United is playing. It's not mm-hmm. when United is not playing. It's just under preseason friendly. Anyways, um, so it seems like we're, 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 we still believe that Liverpool City are going to be there, thereabouts, um, you know, for the title race. It does seem like Arsenal, Chelsea, Tottenham, and the next team we're going to discuss, United, are going to be vying for that top four. So let's talk about United. Um, it's been it's been a it's been it's been an interesting transfer. Now I'll give my opinion about this, but it's been a transfer of sagas for United more more than it has been about really the things that should matter. It's been about Frankie de Jong and, you know, whatever it is that's happening at Barcelona with him. It's been about Ronaldo and, you know, and all the drama that surrounds him. But I just want to focus on the things that I feel are the most important things. And and for me, it's that United's transfer window is different from what it has been um, traditionally. Whenever a new manager comes in to United, Typically, the Glazers will go all out and spend crazy amount of money, especially when we're not in the Champions League. And 
because they want us to get back to the Champions League. So traditionally, they've spent up to 200 million, 150, 180, and so on uh, for both uh, Louis and and um, and Ole, as well as Mourinho. Uh, but this this season, they've not spent. <laughs> I think the, I think they've spent only what they spent 13 million pounds on Malaysia and sold um, Pereira for 13 million. So that's sort of. You know, kind of cancels that, out. and then they they spent fifty five million on Lisandro Martinez and Ericsson was on a free, so they've not really spent a lot of money. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the transfer window so far. Now, what I think is that Eric Ten Hag wants specific players and is not really Correct. interested in yeah in going for any player. Um, of course, there are risks with that because we're now going into the season without. Um, you know, a bit light up top because I still believe Ronaldo would go because I think Ronaldo, when we didn't finish in the top four, I did not expect Ronaldo to stay because Ronaldo has never done things. You know, I think there, there are a lot of United fans who think Ronaldo is a United fan and he's not. Like, <laughs> Ronaldo is not a United I mean, Ronaldo he loves, Ronaldo fan. Exactly. Ronaldo loves United. It, it has a special place in his heart and all of that stuff. I get it. But and he's he has and we have he's also very special to most United fans. He gave me all the awesome memories that you know that I had as a as a fan growing up and stuff like that. But let's just be real. No one you know would expect Ronaldo to come and play Europa League. Like he doesn't know what that anthem sounds like. I think that's what feeling like. <laughs> Like, I don't expect him to play in the Europa League. I really don't. And he's not he's not great for a rebuild because he's a short-term fix. Like he's not like your five-year project or your three-year project. We are in a rebuild, a serious rebuild. So he is not supposed to be sticking around for a rebuild. That's my own opinion. Um, so I, that is why I'm happy for him to go anywhere, including Chelsea, including City, Liverpool, like wherever he wants to go, he has my blessing to go. What I don't like is the fact that his presence might become a little bit disruptive because the manager keeps keeps on fielding questions about Ronaldo going or staying. But anyways, I didn't want to talk about Ronaldo too much because what I want to talk about really was what I saw in preseason. I saw that there was a, a change in the way we were playing. Um, it does seem like Eric Ten Hag wants to play a possession-based um, or possession-style football um, now, do we have all the players that will be able to play possession football? I don't think so yet, which is why we need, you know, the likes of Frankie de Jong. I know we're we're pursuing um, Benjamin Sheshko or Sesko. I don't know what the real pronunciation is. Nineteen <laughs> year old kid from Salzburg, and then I think we also need a right back. I think the right back one is the one I think we need desperately. We need a, we need someone who will cover Dalo, uh, who's also ball playing. But one thing I would say is that. All the players who, who he has brought in are all ball players. And I'm most excited about Lisandro Martinez because that guy is is special. I think in terms of his ability on the ball, having someone with such ability on the ball in your back line is just beautiful and also also has some pace. Yes, his height is might be problematic in some <laughs> matchups, but for the most part, um, I think I'm really impressed with with what I've just seen him for 60 minutes, to be honest, but so far I'm really excited about you know the prospects of what he's going to do for our back line. Ericsson is class. I was so excited about that one. It was one of the players that I've loved in the Premier League. I put him 
he's the closest thing I've seen to a QDB in terms of the style, the style he plays. He has that same sort of technical ability that KDB has. You know, he can ping a pass. He can deliver the ball. Like on the ball, this guy is special, right? So having that kind of quality in the team is is definitely a good thing for us. So I I wouldn't put us in the top four family yet because we're still short. Martial is injured, for instance, for the start of the season. So that already puts us <laughs> in trouble. So it's... it's wow. It's a, yeah, yeah, he is injured. So it's like, okay, we don't like we don't have a recognizable nine um, because Ronaldo is not fit. He wasn't part of the preseason. I don't expect him to be to start on Sunday. So it's already a, a challenge. We're light up front. I think Elanga still needs some development time. Then you have some kids like Ganacho and stuff like that. But these are kids, you know, you don't want to throw them in the deep end yet. So um I am con- slightly concerned about our front line and the the depth, right? Um, I think we were linked to Ziek yesterday. They're not really strong links, but just sort of maybe people putting two and two together, Ziek and Ajax connection with Ten Hag, maybe, you know. <laughs> I, I, but I, I wouldn't mind that kind of signing, you know, honestly. I wouldn't mind that signing because it, it's just for depth. You know, he can be a really solid squad player for us. Um, and he also has that technical ability that I think Ten Hag needs. But... I think what I like is just the stylistic changes in the way we play. Um, it's just exciting to watch us control the ball, pass the ball. Because last season, we couldn't pass the ball five yards. Just five yard passes were so tough. <laughs> so that's just if that's the bare minimum, right? You, you, and I'm sure you you enjoy this with your team. You guys have always been a position-based side, even prior to Ateta and everything, even like Wenger days and stuff like that. That has been. And I think that's what... Even non-Arsenal fans or non-City fans will always sort of love the way that those teams play because of that possession style. You pass the ball, crisp passing, holding possession, moving ball. You know, that's that's what we love about football. So, and that's something I've not seen at United for a while. Even during Solskjaer's time, he was more of a counter-attacking, um, you know, team, we were more of a counter-attacking team, which I still respect and like. The counter-attacking style is effective. But maybe stylistically not as you know, it's not you know, it's not it's not nice to watch. I would say, so it's it's great to see that change. But I think United are probably all I want to see this season is just progress. I, I don't think top four is a given for us. I don't think if we get there, that would be awesome. But I don't know. It would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, but I don't I think we're, I don't know if we're going to be able to to scrape it because it's also Ten Hag's first season in the Premier League. It's not gonna be easy. <laughs> it's not gonna be easy. <laughs> that's true. No, that's true. You're right. You're right. I feel like I mean, if you did get top four, you might probably even be ahead of your project. Um. So yes. Um. I don't think the realistic Manu fans are expecting a top four finish. I mean, they would like one, mm-hmm. and they will feel like the team is capable of it. But realistically, you know, let's see how it plays out. Yeah, the, the team the team should be capable of it, but then yeah, you know it's it's like you need to um get consistent in the style of play, and it takes time for people exactly. to learn a style of play. And when you come up up against a team that is already well drilled in their own style of play, you're going to struggle because you're still learning yours. And there will be those moments where there will be tactical lapses or you know tactical um you know 
errors that that will cost us games because the team is not yet ready to execute that i mean that was a that was a, a very good example of that was during the preseason they showed they showed some manchester united players doing this sort of um passing drills you pass 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 you know that was a lot, a lot of our preseason drill actually was on passing which which made me so happy um and they showed it and then you, you you look at the way Ajax were doing it in their own training session, and you could see how fast Ajax was in terms of passing the ball compared to United players. So th- that shows already that 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 is the <laughs> we're, we're so far away from getting to that point where we can pass the ball as fast as those Ajax players. And of course, you need the the, the personnel to do it. If your team has been yep. assembled to play counter-attacking football and all of a sudden you want to play possession-based football, <laughs> yeah, so it becomes a challenge. But yeah, so I, that's why I think United will be in the top six, most likely. Def- oh, definitely. Yeah, but, Definitely, not most but, likely, definitely. <laughs> but probably top four might be a bit of a stretch currently. Anyways, well... That's that makes up that rounds of the top six. But let's just quickly touch on um, you know, match week one. Crystal Palace, Arsenal, what are you expecting? Do you do you expect you guys are going out there and winning that game one? <laughs> yep, yep. I'm expecting I'm expecting a win. It won't be it won't be like a super comfortable win, but I'm expecting a win, maybe like a two one or three one. Um I don't think we would have a clean sheet. I mean if we do, that'd be amazing. Um but I'm expecting maybe like a two one or three one. Probably leaning more towards three one win. Okay, well that, that makes sense. And for the rest of the, the the fixtures out there, any fixtures that catch your eye that you feel are going to be interesting? I think for me, the the West Ham City game is is an interesting yeah. one. Um, and I'm glad I'm glad that one is on its own time slot. We'll be discuss on Haaland specifically, and and Skamaka. Exactly. It to be a Haaland versus Skamaka, um, you know, <laughs> game. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, really that one. Like I'm gonna watch, I'm gonna watch the Liverpool game obviously, and I want to watch the City game. And those two games are like have their own time slot, which is great. As well as obviously Arsenal tomorrow, because you know the big teams have to open the league, so mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they don't want anyone. I, I bet you Arsenal will probably be the most viewed game. Maybe because I feel like one because it's the only game tomorrow. Yeah. It's the first game of the season. Everybody's hungry, you know, for Premier League action. So like all eyes will be like on Arsenal. Plus the seventy-two percent of managers out there uh, <laughs> who, that just who got get, who, wants get, who want to get their returns. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I, They'll be watching to see how well he does and if he should stay for game week two or if they should like quickly sell him and get someone else. So yes, yeah, so I feel like a lot of people will be watching that game. Um, but yes, um. I want to see Liverpool. I want to see Man City. Um, I want to keep an eye on the Spurs game, you know, just to see how those new boys do. <laughs> um, yeah. Honestly, I might probably be watching a couple of games over the weekend. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think I, I think I'm going to watch uh, a few games. Uh, we have a wedding this weekend, so it's it's going to be tough to see the Saturday games. But the 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 fr- tomorrow's game, I'm definitely watching. Uh, Arsenal Crystal Palace, <laughs> that 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 I must watch. Um, yeah, the Liverpool Fulham one would be something that I'm sure I can watch. So up until the twelve third, I might not be able to watch the the Leicester Brentford one. So uh, we'll see how that goes. And then United Brighton, I think it's going to be an interesting game. It's a potential banana skill uh, skin for us because Brighton plays really good football. I feel like. Um, 
I, I just I'm just worried. I'm just stressed about the whole strike thing <laughs> and the whole frontline stuff. I just want us to get a few. I, I'll be so happy if we got like the Sheshko plus Ziek. That would make me so happy for to strengthen our frontline. Um, even if we can get Sheshko and we got someone like Ivan Tony, I don't mind. Like I just want a cover because I I am um, 100% resigned to the fact that Ronaldo wants to go. I know no team wants him right now. And I think he should go. Yeah, no, he should. He should. He should. He should. I want him to go play his Champions League stuff. I don't want Messi to to eclipse him in the uh, Champions League scoring charts, which is something that means something to him. And I will continue to respect Ronaldo, but I still believe that it was a mistake for for us to have brought him back. And I I agree that we we were all sentimental about it as Manchester United fans, but in hindsight, he disrupted what we were doing because I I don't want to believe it. It's, like, it's just a coincidence that he came back and then everything just went to crap. And, and you know, th- th- this this debate has been rumbling on Twitter and everywhere on social media. Uh, people would, would say, oh, but he scored 24 goals. Yes, he scored 24 goals, but the whole team scored 60-something Premier League goals compared to them scoring in the 80s and the 90s, the season, <laughs> the seasons when he wasn't there. The goals <laughs> are distributed among everyone. And you can see it, like, Everybody, every time we're playing, we're just playing to, to to feed Ronaldo's goals rather than playing as a team. And this is why I need him to go. And he, I know that his ego wouldn't allow him to feel like he can be part of the squad or he can be, you know, that leader in the team that is just there to to ensure that the whole team succeeds. He is all about his personal accolades, and that's what has taken him to the heights that he has gotten to. I respect that whole and entirely. When you when you listen to the greats and you read about the greats, it is there's always that thing that drives them. But for for the team, it's not it's, it's not going to be beneficial for us to have him. And that's it. So, anyways, well, it's it's been awesome, kind of stepping through all this stuff. We thought we we're going to do a thirty minute stuff where we're hitting fifty okay. minutes <laughs> because there's just so much awesome things to talk about. Well, um, well, we'll come back at the end of the the match week one to review what happened to talk about exciting things hopefully we have some good things to talk about some great goals to 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 to, to, to celebrate and stuff like that but you know i i, I hope it's going to be a fun one i think it's going to be a great season and we will be here chatting about it uh Dutton, any any last uh thoughts before we round up uh just you know go gunners and uh looking forward to a great game tomorrow Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, it's been great chatting and we will do this next time. Uh, until next time, you guys uh, tune in, subscribe to anywhere you get your podcast, to the Buzz Feeling Podcast and cheers. <laughs>